thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Lovely listeners, welcome back to Wellness Win Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And thank you so much for joining us this week. It's lovely to have you back. And uh, if you're new to the show, hello, welcome. And thank you for taking the time to pop in and uh, listen to our show. And I hope you get a chance to go back through some of the exciting episodes that will, uh, I guess, change your life, hopefully. That's our intention every time we record and uh, every time we put this show out there is that we give you information that hopefully is going to make your life better and uh, things that you can share with the friends and the people you care about to make their lives better too, because it's that beautiful ripple effect that we hope to create. So today's episode's an exciting one because um, it's something that, well, look, every exciting episode we do is exciting, isn't it, Andrew? <laughs> we always say exciting, um, probably because we get excited about talking to you. So the episode we're going to do today is really talking about something that affects so many women. Um, it's such a, it has such a nasty impact on self-esteem. Um, and I know that there's certain times in our lives where there's I guess a high awareness that we don't want to be having this particular problem happening. And that is acne or pimples or blemishes or breakouts or spots or zits or whatever you want to call, you know, the skin problems where uh, bright red things come onto your face that you don't want there. Um, and sometimes for some women, it's their chest and their back. Um, and particularly one time of our life that I know that uh, I was certainly more aware is wedding day. Now we've got some very exciting news to share because our gorgeous wellness woman, Dr. Andrea, has got engaged. So congratulations. Oh, Oh, thanks, Ash. Um, Yeah, it's super exciting. It's still very, very surreal, but um, I am getting used to it and getting used to trying to drive safely whilst uh, stopping staring at my hand. Um, (laughs) And uh, her her man did good. (laughs) A gorgeous um, ring, a beautiful uh, peacock (laughs) sapphire. It's just stunning. So girls, uh, yes, you're allowed to have a little bit of bling envy because this woman has a seriously gorgeous ring <laughs> oh, on her finger. <laughs> thank you. I will. Oh yeah. I'll post some photos online because I'm super happy to share it and super yeah. duper excited. I'm, I'm a very lucky woman. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. And look, it's about loving relationship. It does, you don't need a ring on your finger to have that. It's about, uh, you know, respect and honor within a race relationship. And you guys certainly have that. Dean's an amazing man and he's uh, very damn lucky to have you. So Congratulations. Oh, Ashley, thank you. Um, yeah, he's an amazing man. I am very, very lucky. Um, and speaking of new and exciting things that are coming up, Ash, you are going back to work tomorrow. Oh, I know. How scary. No. <laughs> How wonderful. No, it's it's amazing. Exciting. Yeah. Um, and I love that we're talking a little bit about, the, you know, some of the inner workings of our lives right now because life has been pretty crazy over the last, what, eight months and you've got a baby. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing bigger. There's nothing more exciting than that. Um, you know, I've started a new practice. There's a whole bunch of other things going on. So you and I don't actually get to see each other nearly as often as what I would like as well. So sometimes the only time we get face to face is on this video chat when we're recording. Um, so, you know, I think that that's really cool that we can talk about some of these things and it's good for the listeners to know as well. Um, some of the stuff that's happening with us, cause, uh, I'm sure that's important to them as well. So good luck for your first shift back tomorrow. I know that all of your beautiful patients are going to be so happy to see you. Um, 
And I know that it's going to feel so good for you to have hands on people again. Oh, absolutely. Um, Beautiful. I know when I'm on holidays, I I miss that. (laughs) Mm. Well, look, let's let's not uh, waste any more time here. We're going to talk to you ladies about what we said, which is acne and pimples and spots and blemishes. Because, I mean, look, if anything's going to put a spot on my face, it's a stress that's happening right now with making sure that my baby's looked after while I go to work, while I express and pump and do all these things that I've never done before. So um, I can tell you right now that there's a few spots along my chin line and I wish they weren't there, but um, doing some of the homework for this episode has been good because it's reminded me of some of the great little tips and tricks I you know, can and, and will be doing to uh, just help balance my skin again. Um, but obviously it's inside out health we talk about. So Let's just go in there because I know both you and I have patients that are considerably affected by this um, mm. in a way that it seriously damages self-esteem. Um, it causes ladies to reach for, you know, big, thick concealers and thick, heavy foundations because, they're, you know, we feel ashamed and we feel embarrassed when we've got um, blemishes on our face because for some reason it seems, you know, a lot of people, it feels like it's almost like dirty and unclean and unhealthy um, because you've got pimples or, or acne, you know, as a more serious condition. Um, it doesn't feel yeah, nice. Yeah. And it's a huge reason why a lot of women um, and, you know, not just teenage girls, but, but adult women as well who are seeing their GP to get prescriptions for some pretty scary things to try and combat that because it's really impacting, you know, the self-esteem and the way they're feeling about themselves. And I think it's really important that we have a think about the fact that our skin is beautifully a reflection of our internal health. So it literally is a mirror of your gut and then, you know, taking it one step further, it's also a mirror of your mind because, you know, stress is certainly going to affect your gut health and therefore your skin as well. So, you know, within functional medicine, we certainly think of these these symptoms that might be that acne as messengers or messages or, or signals or signs that there's an imbalance within our system and maybe just putting a Band-Aid over that or going on the orocroptoceptive pill or taking some tetracyclines or something like that is purely just, again, masking the symptoms of a body out of balance. And we want to talk about some of the things that you can do to help get back to balance today. Absolutely. And I think primarily a lot of women feel as though their acne or their skin problems is a hormonal problem. Isn't that sort of one of the common things that you hear, Andrew? Because I know my clients always say, oh, it's my hormones are out of whack. It must be because that's why I'm getting pimples or blemishes. But there's... Big time. Yeah, but there's not yeah, always just time. hormones out of whack, is it? Like you said, there's gut involvement, there's you know body chemistry, there's toxicity, there's a you know, elimination organs. There's a couple of different things that could be causing this, not just, you know, body hormones out of whack. So let's talk about what those. Find, yeah. yeah. What I find is it is often, often hormones. It's often excess androgens, which yes. is why um, there's also that strong component with polycystic ovarian syndrome as to why they also might get a bit of acne or cystic acne. Um, but uh, I'm not sure if anyone has actually seen the Chinese medicine face map chart. Um, so in Chinese medicine, there's, there's different parts of the face that reflect different parts of your body. And what we do notice is that some women will get acne in certain patterns. So it could be within the triangle underneath the chin and along the jawline. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that's definitely a hormonal acne picture, as is um, potentially the back and down the sides of the arms and the chest. Um, Along the forehead is more of a small intestine. So we're looking at, you know, deeper into those gut issues along the cheeks, might be the stomach as well, and so on and so forth. Um, So 
you know, I, I can't give you any um, peer-reviewed studies on how accurate that is, but I do see it as a little bit of a window into what is one of the areas that we start with first. Um, we, are we looking at, you know, some gut health issues or some more specific hormonal issues? But you know what? The two of them are so intrinsically linked anyway. Mm. And look, let's um, assume that if you're listening to this today, it's something that bothers you and you'd love to know more about it. Uh, just quickly curious, I guess, have you ever gone on medication for this? Because I think it's probably one mm-hmm. of the most commonly medicated problems of women in general. Um, you know, you, you generally will find women who put on the contraceptive pill, like you said, Andrea. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also two particular drugs which you may have heard of or may have been on. Now, look, some people are going to rave about it and say it was the breakthrough of their life and it changed everything and they've never been better and they've never been, you know, happier with their skin, which is absolutely fantastic. So we acknowledge that these drugs are prescribed because a lot of people do have results, so to speak, um, if not somewhat superficial, because Often there's relapses, which requires them to go back onto the drugs. Um, but let's just say that they do work for the purpose of the outer appearance. They look like they've done the job. And those mm-hmm. common drugs that are used are Roaccutane and another particular drug, which is called spiron- spironolactone. Now, this was one that really came to my attention when one of my clients was telling me that she was on it. And I was taught that, and I think you would have been too, at uni, Andy, that um, – this particular medication is used as a cardiovascular drug. So yes. my next question was like, I was almost like, oh, like what? Like as mm-hmm. in, hang on, have you got a heart problem? And I, I suddenly was like misreading the the reason she was on it. And she goes, no, 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 for my skin. And I was like, what? Since when do they do that for skin? Um, but it has a lot to do with the fact that it's um, it, it basically interrupts some of the receptor sites for androgens which you just talked about being a hormonal reason for so you know it's a diuretic and and blocks androgen receptor sites so yeah superficially it's going to work isn't it as long as you're taking it as long as it's blocking those receptor sites now is that that scary though yeah very scary and there's some pretty scary side effects Mm. side effects of accutane as well so in particular um there is birth defects so that's why if you're trying to get pregnant you absolutely cannot take that that is a major contraindication Mm -hmm. um there's also issues with your, your gut health. So there's a strong correlation between actane and Crohn's disease. Um, and there's also a high rate of suicidal, suicidal thoughts and tendencies, which is horrific. Uh, so you need to be aware of that. You need to understand that for proper informed choice that these are the some things that it can be associated with. Um, and one of the other things that you didn't mention, Ash, is the tetracycline. So that's mm. your antibiotics oh, yes. that are often prescribed for acne. Um, you know, this is a low dose, well, you know, quote unquote, low dose antibiotic that you may take for three months at a time. But can you imagine what that's doing to your gut health? Now, I have not seen anyone who has done positively or has had good changes that haven't disrupted a whole bunch of other stuff while they've been on those. Um, you know, yeah. that's just that's just anecdotal in my experience. And not to um, mention the concerns with the antibiotic resistance issues as well, you know, coming yeah. across. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, we, we try to save these antibiotics for life-saving critical uh, events in our life where we may need them and hopefully the antibiotics will still have the efficacy to work when they needed. But uh, if we're using them for all these other 
I guess, non-life-threatening conditions, then we may be, unfortunately, robbing ourselves of uh, opportunities later on in life if we need things at critical times. So, look, acne-prone skin can be an absolute nightmare. I think we can all agree on that. And it can be so frustrating. And I know that, you know, for a lot of people who have, have had it or dealt with it for not sometimes just years but decades, it's something that you've often approached through diet. You know, you're trying to use all the right products. You're trying to do all the right things with your skin and, um, you know, the end of the day your skin is a unique organ there's no one size fits all for all women because of the nature in which we all come from different backgrounds of ethnicity there's mm-hmm. all different other you know variances and factors which mean that our skin is unique it is our largest elimination organ so you know understanding the the biology the skin anatomy is such an important thing so i think before anyone makes changes i guess i always ask people to learn a little bit about the basic anatomy of the skin to understand that the skin has many layers to it um, and I think we've talked about this in previous episode, actually, when we did the skin, hair, nails um, episode. But, mm. you know, looking at the layers, the epidermis, the dermis and the subcutaneous tissue, um, and then looking at how we can actually influence those layers, because that's where the, the big outcomes occur and really when you're looking at those deeper layers of the skin it takes around four to six weeks for the deep layer to become the external epidermal layer so a lot of people are wanting immediate results and get frustrated when something they've done doesn't work oh i did green smoothies for a week and my skin didn't look any better (laughs) Um, which is is unfortunate because often it hasn't just hasn't been done uh, for long enough so it really means that any of those dietary changes ladies or any supplementation that you're using you really do need to do it for a prolonged period of time to make sure that your skin is well, one, going through those four to six weeks layers and two, that you're actually getting a healing inside out effect because that's when skin will start to present uh, on the outwards looking wonderful and it usually takes somewhere between three to six months. So Mm, isn't that interesting? So for example, if someone's going to go and have a big weekend and binge on chocolate Mm -hmm. and they'll say that it makes them break out instantly, (laughs) is that a bit of a myth? Well, I that's wonder. a good question. Now, obviously, some of the chemicals in there, like, I mean, sugar is an inflammatory, yeah? So chocolate is high oh, in sugar. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're going to break out, it doesn't necessarily take six weeks to break out if you've had a binge on chocolate because there's a massive inflammatory component there. So um, that could be one of the underlying triggers for people who feel as though the chocolate is the breakout cause. But really, it was probably the chocolate binge you had four weeks ago. <laughs> that's, that's also an influencing mm. factor there. So um, this is why we're going to talk now a little bit about some of the areas of the body that are responsible for detoxification because this is a big and important reason why our skin looks healthy or doesn't look healthy or why we're having issues with breakouts. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about what our elimination organs are. Right. Well, your skin being, you know, one of the biggest ones, obviously, um, and then the gut being the next because, you know, that's obviously where we're uh, digesting our food and, and releasing anything that, that is unusable by the body. Um, the liver is a really big one, though. <laughs> Pretty much anything you put in your mouth or on your skin has to go through the liver. And our poor little livers are so overworked at the moment. And one thing um, also in Chinese medicine that you see when a lot of people have a lot of acne is that that liver chi is quite blocked, which can be from stress and can be from, you know, foods and a whole bunch of other things as well. Um, So I think that liver capacity is really important. And I think that also simply ties into the foods that we're eating as well. 
Um, what else, Ash? Well, your kidneys obviously are going to flush out levels mm. of toxins. How did so I forget those guys? Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> important too, those little things there that are hopefully doing the job for you. And I think then realizing that the importance of what goes in and on the body is then going to influence these organs, whether or not they're doing a great job of eliminating or not. Um, the more you put on and add in, the harder they have to work. So if you already have some underlying congestion, already have some underlying stagnation within liver, kidneys, any of those constipation, for example, a perfect example of congestion in the bowel and the gut, then unfortunately um, adding more to the system is overloading it and that will start to get pushed out literally through the pores of your skin, through sweat, through the sebaceous glands to try and eliminate these excess chemicals and toxins because your body is way, way smarter than you realize and uh, it will try everything it can to remove the chemicals or the toxins or the the things that you come in contact with that are not good for you, that are actually going to damage or harm you. So the skin is really important in that way. Now, why does that happen to be that, you know, acne caused by the overstimulated oil glands um, and then they become infected? Now, the reason they become infected is because of things to do with the congestion of skin cells. Um, you've got inflammation in those areas. So the infection, you're just looking at basically an environment that allows for the growth and, and pus development in there. And that's really, yeah, yeah. that's what pus is. It's, it's the byproduct. You know, it's all those rotting dead debris scale cells. So if your skin is congested, then of course, all that sits underneath that first layer and it's, it's festering. It's cystic in its nature. Mm, that uh, it's very descriptive. <laughs> well, <laughs> festering in the pus. And, but yeah. you know what? You're absolutely right. And, Oh, look, this is also a lot of people have a very hard time getting their head around how is it, um, for example, that my hormones then create acne? Like how is it that, say, my ovarian or my reproductive hormones are creating mm. that change in my skin? And the best way I can describe it is that, for example, um, raising androgen levels, which is what's usually linked with uh, acne, um, is characteristic of, you know, th that adolescent acne growth or, again, with, with adults as well. And when we have rising androgen levels, there's an inherent insulin resistance that happens with that. And we're going to talk about uh, food and diet in a minute. And when that happens, it actually alters the cellular signaling of our skin, which actually increases the turnover of our skin cells. Um, it also um, increases that skin turnover at the level of the hair follicles and increases your sebum or, or that oil production. So in turn, that causes the blockages of the hair follicles. Um, and then we have a higher formation of small cells cysts um, and they're actually called cumdones um, which is a really weird word um, and as it also increases the proliferation of a certain type of bacteria that is directly linked to acne and it's an anaerobic gram positive bacteria and with that um, it actually attracts immune cells to it which attracts more inflammation. And then with that type of bacteria, what it actually does is it, it hydrolyzes triglycerides, which is like, you know, your um, your oils or, or the fatty acids, which then turns the free fatty acids um, into more inflammation and more follicular obstruction. So can you kind of see how simply rising androgen levels then changes that signaling, changes the skin turnover, increases bacterial production um, and increases inflammation and so on and so forth. Um, like it's a complicated system, but 
it's also easier to understand once you go, okay, so this is exactly the pathway that's creating that. Now, what can I do to address either the hormonal imbalance or, or some of the underlying things that are happening there? And it's also really interesting that the Western diet is linked to so many more um, issues with acne and breakouts than people who live traditionally. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. It? And it and doesn't then, matter um, of their age. So, you know, in Western diets or in Western lifestyle, when we think of teenage years, we often think that acne is inherent in that time. But in traditional societies, they don't have anything like that. Um, it doesn't matter what stage of their life they're at. They're just acne is not familiar to them. Yeah. And if you take someone from a traditional side society, put them onto a Western diet, interestingly, then they start to have the problems. And this is where, you know, a lot of I've got a couple of, mm -hmm. on. you know, we're not being, uh, yeah. So it's a couple of my Asian clients is, is a pretty good example of this. Um, no family history, nothing there to suggest that they should have it. These two gorgeous ladies have such big issues with it and the only denomination there that you could say is the defining factor is the fact that they are so far removed from their um, their basically primitive diets, the diet that they biologically and genetically are linked to. And, you know, as soon as they went back to kind of eating like their, their grandmas in their society, because I certainly don't have soup for breakfast, but they do, um, it was amazing. Their skin started to clear up. So... You know, I have a I have a theory about this, and again, it's just just an Andrea theory, <laughs> um, and I too have noticed that, um, particularly in men, um, in Asian men who've got very severe acne, and these yeah. Asian men are also might be. Um, the other um, sort of cofactor or confounding factor is that they are very much trying to increase their um, muscle mass. Yep. And so they're taking a lot of protein supplementation and they're mm. drinking so much more milk than what they ever have in their entire life. Yep. And interestingly enough, um, dairy products, so cow dairy products actually increase what's called MMK, which is your matrix metalloproteinase. I tried to say that as little as I could. Um, which actually increases inflammation, again, leads to higher androgens. But in men, um, higher androgens doesn't automatically mean a good thing because it can, can be converted into um, estrogens and disrupts the whole thing. But it leads to higher androgens and acne. There's actually some antibiotics that are aimed at decreasing that MMK, um, but you can do this by simply just decreasing dairy. And in a lot of traditional Asian cultures, they've never had cow dairy. So, again, Totally my theory, um, but I reckon I'm onto something there. Look, I think that's a great lead into now. How do we solve some of these problems? Because obviously the chemistry is a concern, the environment is a concern, um, stress. There's a couple of factors there. Let's talk about some of those things that are, I guess you need to be aware of so that you can go, okay, well, if these are some of the causes, let's have a look at what I have influence over directly right now that I could walk away from today and feel a whole lot better about myself that I've actually got more that I can do. Um, for me, I guess the first things that I talk about are back to basics with biology. You need to have good sleep. You need to reduce your stress and then you need to look at your diet and lifestyle. And so that's where, for me, it's like rest and recovery because that's when your body's doing its healing and repair. If you're missing sleep, then guess what? Your skin's not going to be healthy either because it needs to be repaired through uh, your sleep phases. And then stress, you know, cortisol, inflammation response, that cycle you described so beautifully there, Andrea, is exactly what uh, we need to avoid is triggering off these inflammatory cycles because that's going to heighten and heat up that skin. And that's when you're going to really notice those, those hot, explosive sort of breakouts that people experience. 
experience and the ones that cause most concern and most, uh, I guess, frustration. Um, yeah, definitely. Once you go past that, what sort of things do you then start to recommend? Because obviously now we're going to go nitty gritty on diet because I just think what you put in is what you get out. It's just such, such yeah, an important thing. Um, look, the first thing I look at is always zinc status. Um, so I might do like a zinc tally test with my patients or we'll, we'll do a mineral analysis with them as well. Um, zinc is an essential mineral for hundreds and hundreds of different processes. It's important for our DNA. It's important for our hormones. Um, it's really important um, for menstruation, ovulation. Um, it's important to make sure that we're not um, converting testosterone into too much estrogen and so on and so forth. Um, but has so many physiological functions that actually are very important for skin inflammation and also wound healing. So there's several studies that have actually shown that zinc is as effective as the antibiotics, such as the tetracyclines, um, that are prescri- uh, particularly um, prescribed for acne. And it's also really important for your gut function, um, which, you know, lo and behold, we, we know that the skin is an outward representation of what's happening in our gut as well. Um, so you want to make sure you're having really good sources of zinc. Um, let's try and get it from our food first before we try and supplement with it because obviously zinc toxicity is another issue. Um, so you want to make sure that you're working with your functional practitioner. If I'm pres- prescribing zinc to anybody, we're always testing their levels to make sure that you know, that they only require it for a certain amount of time. Um, so the foods that are highest in zinc are things like seafood, in particular your oysters. Uh, and if that's not your cup of tea, don't worry, you can still get it from green beans, sesame seeds, uh, pecans, cashews, macadamia nuts, um, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds. Uh, it's in seaweed, coconut, spinach, and spirulina as well. Um, so that is your zinc. Very, very important. Yes. And then you need some B complex vitamins. And this is a, yes. an essential one. So the essential B complex, because this is uh, certainly going to have an influence on not just your skin, but it has an influence on digestive system, nervous system, metabolism. So, you know, again, all full body, full cycle, you can't take one out and uh, not affect everything. So mm-hmm. your B complex vitamins are really important in this place, um, particularly anyone with skin conditions. And that can even just be simplicity of dry, brittle skin, hair or nails. You know, you could be deficient in B vitamins and that's something to be looking at as well. And you can get those in meat, poultry, um, mm-hmm. red fish, like your tuna and salmon, um, seeds, green leafy veggies, those sorts of things. Yes. So um, there's lots of good whole food sources of these. Um, other things I generally talk about is things that help remove congestion from the body. So this will be things like milk, milk thistle tea, for example, um, to assist in liver function, um, to improve digestion elimination as well. Anything yeah, that great. Gets, yeah, gets your liver working well, that's uh, something dark leafy greens, you know, pumping lots of good whole foods, vegetables. This is where we've got to be a little bit careful. We talk about it all the time. When you're trying to fix something, your body's already showing signs of deficiency or symptoms, so to speak, then you need to be thinking about what you're adding in. I'm really, really, really pedantic um, about organics in this situation, particularly because mm-hmm. if you keep adding in herbicides, pesticides, and all the other contaminants that go on, you know, your regular commercial fruits and vegetables, then guess what? Your poor little liver and detoxification organs are getting a really rough time and they're already struggling because that's why the symptoms are there. So it is important. Uh, this is not a bad time to be thinking, okay, well, maybe if I'm going to invest in good quality uh, produce, this is the time to go, okay, well, now it's worth making the switch into organics, even though they cost more, um, well, compared to taking lots of very, very expensive drugs and medications that don't actually fix the problem. I think it's a pretty good investment. 
So, yeah. so yeah. look at your uh, look. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at cruciferous vegetables. I love the broccoli, the cabbage, um, radishes, things that really flush out the toxins from the body. They, I mean, your broccoli is a perfect little brush. I always say to people, "What's broccoli for?" It looks like a broomstick. You know, it's like a little tree. It just brushes out the intestines. It's fibrous, um, which is fantastic as well for elimination issues when it comes to skin congestion. And in particular, your cruciferous vegetables are also really high in sulfur. Mm. Now, some people have issues with sulfur, but um, there's this leading scientist from MIT. Um, her name's Stephanie Senef. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but she um, claims that sulfur deficiency is a lot more common than what people think, and it's very strongly linked to inflammation behind acne, um, weight gain, obesity, a whole bunch of other things as well. Um, but she really strongly encourages um, eating foods that are higher in sulfur, um, which is also really important for your glutathione production, which is your most potent antioxidant. Um, and you can get sulfur in, again, like you said, your cruciferous vegetables, um, your other greens radishes, um, hemp seeds, bee pollen, if you can tolerate that, um, algae and maca as well. Um, one other thing that I love is vitamin C. Um, it's crucial for collagen repair, wound healing, the stability of your skin. So that stability, the turnover, um, it also helps to keep our skin nice and plump and wrinkle free. Uh, vitamin C is awesome for balancing that adrenal, um, production. So it's really good for stress, which is also really good for your progesterone production. Um, and the other thing that I like to think about is your omega-3 fatty acids. So making sure we're combating that inflammatory response by using really good um, anti-inflammatory actions from your omega-3 fatty acids. Um, and it's also important for a skin healing um, and will help to reduce the risk of your acne too. There was um, an interesting publication that came out in the International Journal of Dermatology. This was in 2009 that looked, it was a full review of the evidence um, linking between diet and acne. Um, so all of the things that we've just talked about there are very well-versed, well-researched and publicized um, things that can actually really help to um, improve your skin condition and decrease your risk of, of acne too. Um, I'll post that link online um, if you're interested in getting uh, a bit nerdy with that but I think you'll <laughs> you'll appreciate the fact that this is not pseudoscience too. Yeah. Um, and so those are things that we want to increase. Yeah, so they're now the common food and drinks to add in, aren't they? This is the stuff we always yes. talk about, you know, adding the good stuff. And then uh, if you add enough good stuff in, eventually it's going to push out the bad stuff that we don't want. And uh, I know you're going to go right into this. Let's look at some of the common things that you don't want to be having that can uh, worsen or exacerbate acne or skin blemishes, oh, pimples yes. and conditions. Because I think Actually, a lot of people don't even realize <laughs> i forgot one really important thing that we want to um add in and that's really good probiotics water, water as well oh, oh and absolutely oh. water i hope that goes without saying i really hope that goes without saying yeah but, um, but probiotics yes. are like essential for maintaining that gut skin axis yes um if you google that term um gut skin axis there's been research on this since the 1930s so this is not a new thing um and your gut flora has the ability to reduce inflammation in your body as well as a whole bunch of other things, but it's very strongly implicated in acne. Um, your gut flora also influences um, uh, a few things that are involved in your skin. But one thing that we look at is substance P, which is a neuropeptide. It's produced by the gut, um, brain, and skin, and it plays a major role in skin conditions. Again, so hence acne. Um, 
Essentially, you want to look after your microbiome um, is probably the the quickest, easiest way that I can talk about that. Um, You know, the gut microbiota influences your lipids and your um, tissue fatty acid profiles, which may influence your oil production in your skin, um, as well as like your free fatty acid um, composition. So look after your gut. Okay, so that that's the stuff you want to increase or include. Now we've talked about removing dairy. Um, what else, Ash? Yeah. So look, some of the common other reactive foods that you need to have a think about, very much consider eliminating as much as possible. Look, really basic stuff, sugar, alcohol, caffeine, soy, dairy, gluten, eggs, peanuts. Okay. They're the most common reactive foods. If you're likely to have a sensitivity or an allergy, these are them and they're going to show up in your skin. So if you are sensitive to any of these, you are, you may love your daily coffee, but it may be doing no good for your skin because um, you're sensitive to caffeine. And of course, until you eliminate something, you're not going to know if that's the trigger. So it can be tricky because it may mean that for a period of four to six weeks, sometimes longer, you're going to have to cut out some of these things to find out whether they're trigger factors for you. You're going to need to do it for a minimum. I always say a minimum of 21 days, so a minimum of three weeks. Um, more importantly, be ideal to be three months um, because 12 weeks is a great time frame to just cut any bad habits, eliminate, yeah. give your body time to, to repair. Um, so that's a big one. They're the reactive foods. Have you got any others that you suggest people? I mean, obviously, toxic fats. So if you're eating lots of animal animal fats, lots of animal protein, um, not necessarily coming from good, clean sources. So you're getting a lot of the, I guess, the commercial problems that come with commercial meat production. Yeah. Then, of course, and- toxicity is issue and your body's processing that, pumping it into fat cells. Yeah. And, and you know, definitely all your, your processed food Um Oh, look, sugar is probably the biggest one that you mentioned. Um, mm. I think what I found with acne is dairy, sugar, and gluten. Um, yes. I think certainly all of those things. Ash, can you remember what the rate of skin turnover is? Um, or how many days uh, it takes to turn over skin cells? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I just thought that might be interesting for people to give themselves a bit of a baseline as to how long do you want to be doing, say, an elimination protocol for um, to help get around your head around what that minimum time frame might be. Well, four um, to six weeks from base layer to surface layer. There you go. Okay, so that's probably how yeah. long you want to be doing that for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, look, sugar is so, so important. We've talked about how it influences hormonal balance in particular. It increases, you know, androgens. Um, it also increases your serum insulin and your IGF-1, um, both of which raise androgens, cause excess androgen symptoms, which leads to that whole acne cycle as well. Um, so if I cannot stress this enough, that uh, sugar is a big, big problem. Um, the sooner you get rid of it, the sooner you will feel so, so much better. Um, and your sensitivity to it increases as well. Hmm. Um, I think that you've probably all got a pretty good idea that, uh, from our previous episodes that it may not be the best thing for you. Look, there are some other lifestyle factors as you've talked about sleep. You've talked about water exercise is important. Getting your body moving, getting, yeah, getting that lymphatic system moving. I'm a huge fan of infrared saunas as well. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, heating your body up from the inside out, getting that good lymphatic production um, or movement happening, uh, which can be really beneficial too. And that's where yeah. also things like hydrotherapy and massage therapy can really help to move, mm-hmm. you know, lymphatics, get surface layers, get the skin working properly. Um, you've really got to keep those exit routes clear. So if you imagine the skin is porous, it's got to get things out. Anything you, you dump on the skin, if you put heavy moisturizers, heavy lotions, if you cover up all the time, if you don't give you, your skin time to breathe and air, then of course it's going to clog. It's going to clog those pores up. So you need to be able to sweat it out. You need to be able to slough off those dead skin cells. Um, I really highly recommend exfoliating gently enough in the beginning because some people are very sensitive to exfoliation particularly when you've got acne it's hot it's red it's burning not necessarily the best time to exfoliate but you can exfoliate Mm -hmm. the rest of the body where the acne is not because that's enhancing your elimination organ that's getting things out of your skin and if it's not an area around the face where you want to eliminate it can still eliminate it around the rest of your body you know like it's off your arms off your legs uh, off the soles of your feet like it's not a bad idea to exfoliate the other areas but um generally be very gentle and careful over areas of hot inflamed skin so don't go brushing heavily over those areas but do it everywhere else so that's um, my recommendation and i think it then just you know mind cleanse cleanse yourself emotionally you know your mental uh, state you need to really look after the the stress responses you're experiencing so start to have a little think about what's overloading you where your emotions are building up you know start to to use some tools meditation yoga mindfulness breathing techniques um tai chi anything that brings you into a more centered and balanced state is a place in which your body is better equipped to be able to heal itself because when you're in a stress response you're in fight or flight you are not in the rest and digest and repair mode that your body needs to be in to do the good work of getting your skin looking amazing bingo yeah um now ash i know that there's a couple of uh skincare products that you really like um i don't i don't really have a preference i just think as gentle as possible with as few chemicals as possible yeah and i think it depends on sensitivity now these are just ones that i found to be effective for me there are so many i mean thousands and thousands of brands out there i generally recommend people find organic brands be very careful there's some very cheeky little chemicals that are thrown in even though something says organic or essential oils they're not always Mm -hmm. as uh, healthy as they could be um the general rule of skincare for me is it's got to be good enough if if you're putting it on the skin you've got to be able to eat it yes yeah Yeah, agreed as in if if it's too toxic to eat then you should not be putting it on the skin so um i generally go with for cosmetics because people always go well how what makeup can you use then you know like how do you because you still want to wear makeup um rms beauty is one i recommend and inica i-n-i-k-a look Mm -hmm. i've got no vested interest in these they're just particular brands that i found with cosmetics that seem to work you know beautiful um i guess it's we all look for quality in things so you know they've got the quality there they are one of them's australian made australian owned um sadashi is here in wa she's amazing incredible products from sadashi so that's the real deluxe stuff so if you're willing to invest in quality skincare i know sadashi is one of those ones you will never ever regret um but again, they've got lots of essential oils, which can be great for some people and other people are sensitive to them. So it's sometimes better to just uh, get samples first and just find out what may or may not work for you. Yes, absolutely. I love it. And we would love to hear from you, um, ladies. We know that everybody has got their own personal story with um, the type of products that they like, that they find uh, work really, really well. Please share that with us online or share also your experience with acne and what's worked for you, what has given you a big breakthrough. Uh, you can communicate with us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the wellness women. Uh, we're on Instagram as well, the well underscore the wellness women. Make sure you've subscribed to us on iTunes. Uh, feel free to give us a five-star rating. We 
absolutely love that. Ladies, remember you can consult with us as well. If you want to find out more, uh, go to thewellnesswomen.com.au, send us through an email um, through those channels. Um, And ladies, uh, make sure you're communicating with us on social media because we love hearing from you and we love hearing what you want to hear about. So, um, you know, we do this for you. We do this for our beautiful listeners. This is all just, you know, us feeling like we are being of service to you. So if there's something in particular, you have a burning desire to hear about something, um, send us through a message. We love hearing from you. Ladies, until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.